I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. Previously on SCP Unredacted. I'm told your historical team has made several breakthroughs recently, especially using the throne anomaly. Which, if I recall correctly, you're the primary test subject for, Dr. Aram. The throne is one of the most mystical and powerful artifacts ever created. I am not sure about this, Robert. I trust Preserver. It'll be fine. Robert! <laughs> oh shit, oh fuck, oh fuck! What do you see? It accepts memories imprinted into special cylinders and feeds them to its occupant through their augments. Oh god. It's me. I'm Bamaro. I'm standing in the palace. It's... the city's militarized. Oh, man. This isn't a war. This is an apocalypse. And now, part four. Attached document. July, 1984. From the desk of Dr. Robert Aram, Amani Ram Initiative. Personal log. Progress on rebuilding the cold fusion reactors is progressing much, much faster than projections. Normally I'd be worried, but I'm surprisingly calm. It's obvious. Our people are getting familiar with the technology. The few lod foundries are operating at amazing efficiency. We've worked out how to mold and shape the metal just how we need it. And what last year looked like a bizarre, nonsensical circuit structure and design philosophy now strikes me as beautifully idiosyncratic. A snapshot into a bygone era. I've never really been one for history. More of a STEM type. I never looked down on those that pursued history. I just didn't see the attraction. Machines are in front of you, something tangible you can see and hear and touch and interact with. You can't do that with history. Not really. The Fulad throne, of course, has changed that. I've experienced lifetimes of ancient emperors in minutes. It's staggering. The depth of emotion and personality you can feel from only a few choice minutes in someone's body. Their grief, pain, joy, their story. Fascinating stuff. The technology of the throne and any possible side effects remain elusive, but we've been testing it for a few weeks now, maybe a dozen times. And while I'm always tired after, not a surprise at my age, I feel fine otherwise. And now I know Mechanite, Greek, and Egyptian. Go figure. I've gotten a front-view seat to the First War, and it is apocalyptic. There's really no other word for it. Gigantic mech suits crushing cities as the sky itself opens up. Spirit demons fighting alongside human compatriots. Metal soldiers charging walls. Insanity. A secret bloody history the world doesn't even remember. But, as with all war, it's not quite so black and white. Being inside Bumaro's, or, well, various Bumaro's' bodies, None of them were tyrants, or dictators, maybe autocrats, but what emperor wasn't? They all wanted to protect their people, to raise them to something beyond human. I can't help but sympathize. Nothing impresses onto you the fragility of your body than nearly losing it. 
but they understood that and actively improved themselves using the bionics and implants. Reach heaven through transhumanism. Speaking of implants and bionics, the cache we discovered some weeks ago along with the Legion armor, 0511, denied D-Class testing. It's frustrating. We can't use the glorious technology here to improve the world. We can't use it to improve ourselves. We can barely use it to improve the damn city. It's devastating. And most of the team agrees with me that we should use it. So we did. I can't use D-Class to test the implants, but using myself is a different matter. The new arm is wonderful. It's smoother, more responsive, more sensitive and durable, and it doesn't even hurt at the end of the day. I can sleep with it on. 99% of our personnel in Amani Ram are already augmented, so changing out their stainless steel arm for a Fulod one or something is no big deal. Why should Five be the only one that reaps the gifts the Mechanites left us? On July 29th, 2.05 p.m., Dr. Nussbaum and four members of the archaeological team were excavating a number of mosaics in the Undercity. Over the course of the day, the team progressed further inward into an unstable section. The ceiling overhead suddenly gave way, causing a minor collapse. Due to a number of strength-enhancing bionic and cybernetic augments, the archaeological team members were able to escape largely unharmed. However, Dr. Nussbaum sustained severe internal and external injuries from the collapse and was rushed into emergency surgery and the ARF-01 infirmary. Due to the severity of injuries sustained, including a shattered collarbone, fractured spine, cranial injuries, and hemorrhaging, medical personnel were able to stabilize her in critical condition. Her likelihood of survival was deemed extremely low. At this point, Dr. Aram arrived with several engineering team personnel, a Dash A instance, and a variety of mechanite implants and augments. He proposed to the medical team's agreement that utilizing the advancing mechanite augments to stabilize her and offer her a chance of survival was the ethical option and was legitimately possible using A1's expertise voiced through the Dash A instance. A combination of medical and engineering personnel worked for 29 hours to implant 17 pieces of mechanite technology across Dr. Nussbaum's body. After 32 hours unconscious, she awoke on July 31st. Attached transcript. July, 1984. Begin log. But... Oh, you're awake. Here, don't move your arms. Dr. Aram lowers a cup of water to her lips. She takes long sips. Can't see. That's probably for the best right now. Do you remember what happened? Ceiling collapsed. Assistance, okay? Yeah, yeah, they made it all fine. You weren't so lucky they brought you to the infirmary, but you were fucked up. Really, really bad. Broke nearly every bone in your body. Oh. Dr. Nussbaum freezes. I cannot feel my legs. Or my arms. My back aches. The morphine. Robert? Why... Can't I feel my limbs? You're gonna die. 
I stepped in. We worked for nearly a day and a half nonstop. Doing what? Replacing your shattered body with the mechanite prosthetics we recovered. Letting them do the work of saving your life. We fit them in and they went to work. Your immune system integrated with them seamlessly. It was like they came to life, working to repair the damage done. Chase. 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 Edvig, calm down. Listen to me. Oh God. I look like a monster, don't I? Listen to me. You would have died. And even if you didn't, you would have laid in this hospital bed for three agonizing years while your body stitched itself back together. And then you would have to relearn how to walk, sit, breathe, and you would have suffered in pain for the rest of your natural life. I understand how you feel. I felt the same way after the accident, that I'd been ruined, that I would never be the same. The flesh is weak, Edvig. Your new body, you'll be up on your feet in a week, maybe less. You may never be the same. You'll be better. Get some rest, and for what it's worth, I don't think you look like a monster at all. These implants are works of art. The spine support is spread like a pair of wings. You look like an angel. End log. Dr. Nussbaum continued her recovery for two weeks in the anomaly, refusing medevac to Area 66 in Sinai upon seeing the extremely rapid recuperation offered by the implants. Evaluations by medical personnel provided insight into the enhancements offered by the mechanite augmentations. Internally, they integrated with her immune and nervous systems, offering fine, instinctual control and an increase in healing speed. Due to the relative lightness of the Fulad metalwork compared to steel, her body mass did not shift considerably. However, her strength, lift capacity, running speed, pull weight, and a suite of other measurements vastly increased in the weeks following her recovery. She similarly reported significant increases in her sensory ability, well beyond that given by her former foundation issue ocular and auditory implants. The spinal brace and its external portion, an artfully crafted pair of wings able to be extended and retracted by the user, allow a limited but notable ability to glide on strong updrafts. On August 28th, Dr. Nussbaum declined an offer of a desk position in Area 66, choosing to continue her work as project co-lead of the Omni-Ram initiative. Dr. Aram was reprimanded for his unauthorized use of potentially dangerous anomalous artifacts on a colleague and himself, but was not given disciplinary action considering the extenuating circumstances and Dr. Nussbaum's expressed gratitude to him, stating that if she had been conscious, she would have consented to the procedure. Attached transcript, August 1984. Interviewers, Drs. Hedvig Nussbaum and Robert Aram. Subject, SCP-001-A1. Begin log. Hello, Preserver. You return. My eyes informed me of the accident. You have my sympathies, Hedara. My name is Hedvig. 
Of course. My apologies. Yes, well, thank you. I am told you helped the team save my life. They did. How did you know? My automata scour the undercity. I saw a structural failure in that sector and dispatched several units to warn you. I was too late. If you were too late, I would not be here now. Indeed. You are an impressive sight. Excuse me? You are the first human I have seen with full augmentations. The way it used to be done. The way we all used to be. All right. I suppose this was standard fare in your time. Yes. My memories inch closer. I remember receiving my first. My left hand, made of a polished tread. Right. We came by to tell you that we have nearly exhausted the records and cylinders you led us to. They are fascinating. But they do not explain what happened to Amani Ram after it was marched on by the Nalka, the Covenant, and something called the Abominate. Which makes sense. If they were being invaded and sacked, they wouldn't be writing stuff down. But you're still here, so we were hoping you'd have something. I do. I remember gargantuan spirit beasts that dwarfed the Colossi, forced them back. I remember catapults and trebuchets and great siege engines pelting the buildings with strange glass projectiles. Our confusion until we investigated the damage and the plague swept through our ranks like a wildfire. I remember the Abominate lowering the great door to the city with a single spell. I remember donning my war armor and leading my liege and his family to safety, being ready to lay down my life. I remember failing. There's that name again. The Abominant. I have no face or identity to offer. Just the name. It sounds like whoever you were, you were very important. Yes. Like so many tens of thousands, I was a witness to the fall of the Mechanite Empire. But now, I am the only one who remains. This is tragic and you have my sympathies, but unfortunately this doesn't tell us anything we don't already know. But this may... A1's left hand, protruding from the machine, slowly unclasps. Within its skeletal grip is another cylinder for the Fulad throne. This one is made of a rougher metal compared to the delicate ceramic of the others. Where did this come from? I have looked unto myself. The hundreds of cubits of inscribed steel and tubes that hold my enduring soul. My mind is spread across the entire Undercity, banks of data in every corner of Omni-Rom, and the eyes that connect them. And I have seen, in the deepest reaches of myself, a shrine. What kind of shrine? Pieces of war armor, meticulously wrapped and preserved, and within them, this. The chamber has been sealed for centuries. Over the millennia, my mind has deteriorated. The circuitry was not built to hold me for so long. I have forgotten why it is there. You must tell me. That is intriguing. 
Yes, the Khan experiment visit right away. Dr. Nussbaum gingerly takes the cylinder from A1, clasping it in her metal fingers. You mind taking that up to be cataloged? I'll catch up in just a minute. I just need to go over some schematics. Suddenly. Dr. Nussbaum exits the chamber. At this point, official audio ceases. However, scientific equipment in the chamber left by the engineering team contained small microphones that recorded the following conversation. This audio was not recovered until several months later by chance during a routine database sweep. You asked about the phone. What makes you say that? You seek the ability to command change. You resent the limitations of your station. I have no idea what you're talking about. The Falat throne was forged from the very first sheets of the metal shorn from Makan's body. A throne is more than a symbol of power. It is an instrument of power. What do you mean? You have already noticed it, haven't you? Your voice carries weight. You command attention. Just now, she didn't even protest. Simply followed your order. I'm the project head, of course they listen to me. Listening is an act. Obedience is beyond that. You have seen the engravings. When the throne was forged at the dawn of the era, Umaro's people bowed to it and spread forth across Asia like gleaming swords, laying down their lives for their lord. The throne contains the power to dominate lesser minds. The kings who sat on it used this. And now, with every seat you take on it, you invoke the memories, the name, the power of the kings of old. Why are you telling me this? Surely you see it by now. The parallel. Time is a flat circle, and it swallows its own tail like a sand serpent. You have seen Umaro's memories. You have seen Hadara's wings. Look around you. This is ridiculous. Dr. Aram turns to leave. You seek to change the world, make it more accepting to people like you and her. So did he. The voice of the Emperor is yours now. Do not squander it. End log. The following day, another experiment was scheduled with the throne, using the cylinder provided by A1. Attached transcript, August 1984. Begin log. All right, this cylinder is slightly different, but the process will presumably be the same. I'm ready. Actually, I was thinking perhaps I could handle this one. What? I have gotten familiar with the... Dr. Nussbaum flexes her prosthetic limbs. Yes, Avan told us that the necessities to use it for augments and the fist. These implants are original mechanite technology dating back to the Empire. It is possible they may let us see more. I... I guess, but they're an unexpected variable. They could interact differently, too. I cannot know until we try, and we have not exactly shied away from trying... experimental procedures. 
the wing arrangement on her back briefly unfolds and extends to its full width before collapsing back in. Yeah. Fair point. I don't know. I just... I don't know. Are you alright, Robert? You are acting strange. It's fine. It's fine. You can do it. Just, you know, be safe. Dr. Nussbaum takes her seat in the throne, pulling the fist onto her left arm and inserting it into the depression. Behind her, Dr. Aram places the cylinder into its socket and turns it. Dr. Nussbaum's head jerks back and her eyes glow golden, but her reaction is significantly more tempered than Dr. Aram's first exposure. Oh, oh goodness! You're taking it better than me. I imagine the implants have to do with that. What do you see? I... I am... Oh god, it is loud. I'm standing there. I'm standing on the walls of the city. Yes, the eastern gate. It is morning. The sun is beating down on the desert. There are hundreds of us. Soldiers lining the walls and, yes, gun turrets. It is tense. I can feel myself barking out orders. And the soldiers are obeying, setting up siege engines, loading ammunition, evening out the wall, preparing for war. We are all in armor. Mine is more elaborate than yours. Yeah. The Emperor's armor was- No, I am not the Emperor. Not a Bumaro. Who then? I... I do not know. I can see myself in the metal of a gun turret next to me. I'm a woman. Olaf-skinned and small. The armor is elaborate. It shows... Drakens? Fighting each other. I've seen her before. She was one of the Legion's generals. Hold on. Oh my god. What is it? The Colossus. It is gargantuan. It just took a step and shook the entire city. It is heading away, towards the horizon. Wait, I see something in the distance. Something kicking up sand. An army. A, a horde. I cannot see individuals. Just a mass of parties and armor and banners and mounts in a dust storm. They go as far as I can see. There must be tens of thousands of them. They are too far to engage, but they are coming. And there is nothing we can do to stop their advance. That must be the Nalka and the Covenant, then. Do you see any sign of what the abomination- It changed. It- The city is on fire. Armoni Ram is burning. Oh God, it is loud. I cannot hear myself think. The sky is red, choked with smog. All I can hear is the clashing of steel and screaming. We are in the southern district, crouching behind the barricade. I am... Um, I, I leaned up and over and started firing my weapon. I can't see. I hear screaming. The buildings are collapsing. We are under mortar fire. We need to fall back. Stay with me. What does the enemy look like? Beasts. Monstrosities, great masses of flesh and limbs in a sickly pale purple, dragging themselves through the dirt streets. Spirits in the air, purple fire covering the walls. There are too many, they're advancing. I can hear the beating of their drums and their war chants. 
I can hear cannon fire beyond the walls. I can just barely see the colossi in the horizon through the smoke. The streets are fed with blood and slime. We are standing over the ruins of a house now. A mortar hit it. There is something in the center. An object. What is it? Someone. One of the men touched it. It broke open. He just... His face burst into leaves, screaming and contorting. What? There are vines spreading outward from him, creeping from his rising corpse toward us. It is the petrified plant we discovered in the Undercity. A biological weapon. Jesus Christ. We are falling into the Undercity, retreating. The Legion holding the entrances and choke points against the swarms. The citizens trying to evacuate or dying. Oh God, there's so much this. I just split a man open, chin to groin, beheading one of the flesh beasts, blood pooling in the golden channels of my short sword, splashing across my armor. Focus, Edvig. Try to call up an image of the Emperor. Yeah, yes. I am in the palace. The city itself is shaking. The Legion is holding the palace against the Horde. Umaro is on the throne with his wife. My lord, we must leave. They have taken three of the gates. We will not have a chance for much longer. He's not going to leave. No. He stands up. He is in his war armor. All gleaming gold and silver plate. Big enough to block out the sky. He leans down. You must go, Shahashna. What did he say? Shahashna. I do not recognize the word. It seems similar to the words for protect or guard. We can figure it out later. Yes. You must go and activate the kiss. We are arguing. I say the kiss is dangerous, that it cannot be ready. That it has no control mechanism whatsoever. That activating it manually could be disastrous. We have no other choice. Go. Your king commands it. I bow. He is preparing to go out and slay the defense. I will go and seat myself in the courtyard. This keep will not be breached. Not will I draw breath. Wait. He is sitting in the same spot as the statue we found. Waiting, sword and spear in hand. Oh, holy shit. It's not a statue. I... I have left the palace. I am running across the city to the nearest undercity entrance. The mass of the horde is still beyond the walls, but so many have breached the city. My blade sings, but I never stop. Slitting one's throat as I run past him, gutting another beast, crushing the skull of a covenant summoner. There are so many. I must keep moving. I... Okay, I have jumped into the Undercity, sealing the entrance behind me. It is different. Brightly lit, well signed. Blood plastering the walls. Corpses lining the passageways. Oh, God. Where are you going? To the center, deeper and deeper into the labyrinths. I encounter resistance, 
The Covenant and Nalka's gifts have made it down here. The plant virus and some mutated flesh pod tentacles we have seen, but not petrified and dead. Alive. Throbbing. Fat. Many soldiers moving through the Undercity. They do not know the passageways like we do. They are confused. They do not last long. There are many families hiding in rooms and warehouses and dormitories and barracks. I cannot help them now. All I can do is keep moving. Do you recognize any of the routes? It's... yes. I... I just rounded a familiar corner. Yes, I know where we are going. Where? Preserva's chamber. Avon, under the palace itself. It takes some detours, but I arrive at it. What? What happened? It is not here. Preserva is not here. Just the masses of machinery, but no arm or mind or voice. Just soulless vacuum tubes and circuit inscriptions. It hums with an unfamiliar energy. There are automata everywhere. Maintaining the machine, making sure it works. I look at it. I seal the chamber door behind me. It is just me. I hear a boom from above and begin stripping off my armor. Wait, what? I need to interface with... Oh, God. I understand now. What? Shahashna. It's close to guard and protect. But in a noun form, it means one who guards. A preserver. Oh, fuck. That's why preserver isn't there. Oh, fuck. I have disrobed. The armor lies in a heap. I reach out and touch. Dr. Nussbaum's eyes glow golden, and she writhes in the throne, her back arching wildly. She lets out a long gasp before going limp, sinking back into the throne. Edvig! Edvig, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can hear you. Oh, my God. That was horrible. What the fuck just happened? I... I touched the machine and just agony. So much pain. I felt like someone was cutting me limb from limb, burning my tongue off and, and printing my eyes. Cut. Are you okay? What do you see now? I... Yes. I am fine. I see... I... I do not know what I am seeing. Crumble. Debris. It is quiet. I... Wait, I can move. No. Yes, I can move. But I am... Small. How small? I... I am inhabiting one of the automata. Just like how Preserver can control them. That settles that. I... Exit out into the city... I can see. Oh. Oh, God. Oh, no. 
What happened? What did the kiss do? Everyone is dead. The Horde? Everyone. There are corpses choking the streets. Not a free patch of dirt to be found. Dead bodies covering every possible surface. Both my legionnaires and the Horde and the citizens. No explosive finishes. The quiet deaths of an entire civilization. Oh, God. What have I done? It's not you, Hedvig. I know how convincing it gets. Remember, it's not your memory. They're all dead, Robert. I destroyed the Empire trying to save it. Everyone I ever knew or loved. Everyone. Dr. Aram motions to the engineering team to cut power to the throne. They comply, but nothing occurs. He moves to the side of the throne after a few seconds and physically pulls Dr. Nussbaum's hand, grasping the fist from its depression in the armrest. Her body relaxes. Edvig? You hear me? Robert, yes. Thank you. Thought we lost you for a second there. It was overwhelming. Yeah. But we learned a hell of a lot. Yes. Yes, of course. God, no wonder A1 cannot remember. What do you mean? She obliterated her own civilization while trying to save it. I had a taste of it for just a few seconds. And it was too much to take. She has lived with that guilt for nearly 3,000 years. Who wouldn't want to forget? You're saying she did it on purpose? I am no engineer, but if I were a betting woman... Dr. Nussbaum holds the cylinder to the light. I would guess these cylinders are a memory storage form of some sort. She placed her memories into this to get rid of them. But obviously, when she rid herself of her memories, she forgot what it even was. End log. Upon the discoveries made in the throne report, further testing was temporarily halted until a decision could be made on whether to inform A1 of its past. Until then, routine research into repair of infrastructural elements of the city continued as per regular schedule. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip, All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible. So, credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0.
and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0. I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki, and we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the Foundation.